0: This episode of Lightning Strikes Thrice is brought to you by our incredible patrons, patrons like Bigly Teets and Adam Studley. If you want to help keep us making the show like they do, you can visit pitchdrop.cash and contribute as little as a buck a month. We really appreciate it. listening to Lightning Strikes the Rice, the JRPG Games Club podcast that will be smiling when it leaves you. This is Season 9, Episode (laughs) 11, covering the beginning of Disc 3, up into the Great Salt Lake in Final Fantasy VIII for the PS1. I'm your host, Matt Marcus, and my pronouns are he, him, and with me today is... Sybil Arnett, she, her. Brian Beatty, they, them. So, someone tell me uh,
1: what happened last time. After visiting the dilapidated orphanage in which everyone grew up in, Squall led Balam Garden in a winner-take-all battle against Idea, Cypher, and the might of the Galbadian army. The seeds infiltrated Galbadia Garden, beat Cypher up twice, and faced off against the sorceress yet again to round out a disc of this game. After the battle, Renoa acted as if her body was not her own, reawoke Cypher, then fell into a coma. Meanwhile, it appears that Adea has returned to that of a random matron from an orphanage, not a world-conquering sorceress.
2: <laughs> uh, I just, I just want to repeat uh, that in 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 the notes here it says uh, reawoke Cipher and then <laughs> "Ugh," because we're all, all all my homies are sick of Cipher. Yeah, we are.
1: <laughs> all Ciphers homies are sick of Cipher. I know. Yeah, for real. <laughs>
2: uh, fucking raijin and fujin just stuck stuck yoked to this fucking loser okay so yo
1: it turns out we're ride or die for fantasy kanye west we fucked up oh god yeah (laughs) jesus just (sighs)
2: hearing hearing raijin and fujin on alex jones was just like a real it was i was crestfallen hearing them on that program adrenochrome you know Okay, so uh when we start this episode, Squall is tossing and turning in bed, wondering if the battle is over and what actually happened to Renoa. He goes to visit her in the infirmary when Quistus calls him on the intercom and tells him to head to the orphanage to talk to Idea. Um I like when Final Fantasy VIII decides that a scene should have absolutely no music, it it's very like stark and sterile and almost suffocating, and like it it's nice because then when we're out and um just like exploring the garden a little bit, you can talk to some of the fellow students and one of them says, garden is feeling so lonely and empty since everyone keeps dropping out. Yeah, I'm glad that they allow you to drop out when we're in the middle of a war zone. That that's, that's very like kind of the administration to do.
1: I was going to say, are they dropping out or are they just dead?
2: Right. Are they dropping out or are they dropping dead?
0: I mean, wouldn't they be deserting technically? (laughs)
2: Mm.
0: Mm. Mm. Look, look, Windhill only needs so many dropouts. Like, where are they going to (laughs) go?
2: To the ground, out the side of the ship. Apparently. God. So we get outside and... You know, the the orphanage has been mostly destroyed over time, with two walls of the bedroom open to the elements. Sid approaches and thanks the seeds for their hard work of attempted wife murder. He does not blame the seeds if they're mad at him, because uh, all I do is talk big, but in times of trouble, I walk away. He says, basically, I was in a no-win situation. Either you, my adopted children, would die, or you would kill my wife. And it's just like, yeah, that sucks to sucks to be in your situation. I guess maybe you should have made better choices mm-hmm. before this. Well, luckily, neither has happened.
0: Uh, he he ended up getting like the uh, the perfect ending where, uh, like, neither consequence is actually very big. You know, because I mean, okay, some students died. It just wasn't the ones
1: we cared about. Okay, mm-hmm. this so- is straight up visual novel territory this is you chose all the correct ways to make each of your students and your wife in a way that you somehow got to the good ending where everyone lived uh-huh. <laughs> i want to see the Sid simulator where you have to run garden and then how many ways you could fuck this up that's a better pocket station game
2: uh, it it would it would be fucking called Chaos Colon Child. Also, mm-hmm. just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I know that game. So, oh <laughs> uh-huh. uh,
0: god, I, I'm just you know one of the the like intrusive thoughts I had when like writing the notes for these episodes is that uh you know especially if we're talking visual novel ending there has to be the the poly ending where. Basically, Adia admits that uh, that. Oh, by the way, I uh, kind of slept with Cipher to Sid, and then Sid, you know, awakens into his uh, cuckold fetish, and that becomes a thing.
1: <laughs> Just there's a chair near the closet. What's the chair for? Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Anyway, mm. <laughs> right, mm. right, struggling with that one. <laughs> Can I hang my coat on it? No. mm, mm, mm. Anyway, Sid uh, pleads that, please, everyone, please forgive my wife for um, all the war crimes she did. Uh, You know, it just wasn't really her fault, which is actually true. But nevertheless, (laughs) you know, they, they never really talk about what does possession feel like? And like, where's that line between being completely controlled or being influenced by? Like, obviously... The has not been walking around like puppeting everything, but also like her personality changed a lot. It's always a weird thing to me in fiction when there's some type of like possession mechanic like this. Like, how much do you place blame on the person who was controlled? Like, where's that line? Mm. Uh, it's always an interesting thing because, I mean, yeah, yeah. what do you do about Like, everyone's just like, oh, don't worry about her now. She's fine. <laughs> Leave her alone, please. <laughs> Anyway, when you head to the back of the orphanage, Sid, who, like, he, he somehow beats you to the back, and he's standing in front of Adia, but then he, you know, steps aside and uh, lets her, you know, walk up, and you could talk to her. Uh, she starts to apologize for attacking people who are so dear to her, her children. But as she hesitates, uh, Squall steps in to say that they also felt the same way about having to fight her.
1: Hey, pardon my wife, please. <laughs> <laughs> she warns that even though the battle seems over, at any time she might turn again, because this whole time she's been possessed by a different sorceress, Ultimecia! This sounds like a Conan O'Brien bit. Mm. <laughs> uh, she's from the far-off future of the year 2000 and is searching for Ohlone to use her time powers. Edea decided the best way to protect Ohlone was to surrender to the person who wants to use the – this makes no sense to anyone else, right? <laughs> uh, <I don't...
2: laughs> it doesn't make sense in the moment. It makes more sense later to me, but it's very like we managed to write an explanation in. Like, we backfill this explanation in later. But yeah, no, it doesn't it, – it's silly.
1: It, okay, yeah, we're home stuck in it. M- Got it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it does seem like it just drops in out of absolutely nowhere.
1: It yeah.
2: does. Well, hey. that's, the info dumps in this game are just so graceless. And at this point, I just kind of Love it. It's just like, the, the plot twist is just like, just like flopping out on the table and just being like, hey, look at this. It's it's literally the, your it.
0: source, Your sorceress is in another castle is basically what uh,
1: happens. Uh-huh. I thought my metaphor was going to be the worst when I was about to say that the plot dumps are like a brick through your window. And then you describe it as I didn't take it out for air. Thanks. <laughs> God. Yeah. Ah, Edea says there's a chance that she might become controlled again, but she intends to find some way to stand up against Ultimecia this time with some help from the Seeds. She then asks if we know about Sorceress Adele, who, if you recall, was the leader of Esthar during the Sorceress War 17 years ago. No, we don't, because that wasn't taught in class. Mm-hmm. She was an incredibly powerful sorceress, and the Galbadians assumed that Adea inherited her power. But the truth is she received her powers from a different sorceress when she was five. What the fuck? This,
2: yeah. I, uh-huh. God. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the, yeah. The, it, I... I love what's about to happen in a ha yes, sicko way. Um, <laughs> the And this is going to get increasingly ridiculous as the episode goes on, but the one thing that I cannot square with Final Fantasy VIII is just why nobody knows shit. Like, <laughs> like yeah. just... There's there's this extremely complicated world building happening in the background with like the history of both 17 years ago and also a hundred years ago and also in the future. But like no one just knows anything about the state of the world because nothing is taught. Like we should mm-hmm. we should have the sorceress war internalized, and it doesn't really feel like it's because of lack of communication or because of propaganda. It's just it's just that nobody knows shit.
0: They mention the Sorceress War, but you know, in class or like indirectly, but they don't say, by the way, the Sorceress War was led by Sorceress uh, Adel, you know, Adele, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, led by Estar, and it was against this, and then this happened. They just said, this war happened, and it was 17 years ago, and now it's done.
1: Yeah. Now, we, I think. Right. We quickly do a. It turns out the Civil War was about states' rights. Don't ask any questions. Here's three generals. Except we didn't do three generals about sorceress Adele, who nearly conquered the world. Well, mm-hmm. he, here's the thing we
0: find out why, and really, like, the TLDR is that Adele is defeated, but it's an internal thing, and then it's Estar, so they completely shut everybody out. So, like, it was mm-hmm. li- literally just. Nobody probably was told that outside of Esthar, what actually happened in Esthar, because it was all internal into the, in the country. They, they just – I'm sure from the perspective of everybody else, they just
2: went – and then they just stopped. Well, and, and, because they, ma- <laughs> they managed to hide an entire continent from the rest of the fucking world, which is like some, of, some parts of the world are pre-industrial. Some of them yeah. are industrial. We have an expansionist power that knows how to use fake mm-hmm. magic that isn't sorceress magic, and yet – and yet
1: yeah yeah the th- anyway the thing about this is that none of this gets covered when we run a school which mm-hmm. trains people to hunt magicians among other things so you'd <laughs> think this would be part of the history we cover we know another nation we've dealt with has a large scale worldwide question mark publishing industry with various periodicals and Mm -hmm. they're not doing any kind of news issue why did no one write things down when we have printing Mm -hmm. presses and Mm -hmm. various proto-internets and databases and i've i've poked at a couple of the quizzes i don't recall seeing adele's name in those Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and i
0: think that the first time you hear it is in that Laguna flashback, if you talk to that one specific soldier in the corner, like on the other side of the bridge in Windhill. And even then, it's like very obliquely mentioned, uh, just being like, oh, she's she's the sorceress and she's running Esthar, and she's capturing little girls. And that's all. you know. <laughs> the, 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 you... Yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, speaking of like the lack of like historic continuity, the whole idea of like, do we not know how many sorceresses there are? Like right, like where did if there's there, okay now we know there's at least two in play right because right Adele's still around and day is running around. How many more are there? Like, are they kept secret?
2: Like, where's the and it's not a hereditary thing. It's like a, it's like a power passing on to someone, rant or you know, whoever's close to you thing. Which Mm -hmm. then it's like, well, then it's like, well, maybe there are two sorceresses because one of them is Ultimisha doing some time travel or whatever. I guess.
1: Okay, so Renault is a sorceress then.
2: Yes, Renoa is a sorceress, and the game says it as well. Yeah, um, not this episode. Renoa is yes, not this episode. <laughs> Next episode. Okay. Well, okay. You, your comment about today, but...
1: it passing to people made me instantly realize: oh, she can only possess sorceresses. Okay, Renoa is a sorceress. Cool,
2: mm-hmm. great. Yeah. yeah, yes. And the other thing about the world building and, it, th- and this gets future hand waved. This they they give us an explanation here, but the this whole time I was like, okay, so if Idea is unpossessed, what the fuck is going on with Galbadia? Surely they wouldn't just follow cipher mm-hmm. like Idea was the despot. Are they just going to give up? Uh the answer is no. The answer is Galbadia still has an evil plan, but like I th- this 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 whole time I was like, oh, come on. And here's okay, here's the thing. I am used to Tomino Gundam, which is to say, I am used to having to pay close attention to the margins to understand what's going on in the wider world because Tomino Gundam is so hyper-focused on the characters affected by it. But this shit is sloppy. (laughs) Well, I
0: mean, wait until next episode when a very important artifact gets dredged out of the
2: ocean somehow off-screen. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> we go into space, we resurrect Adele, and she's just like, Hello from the outside! <laughs> so, yeah, Adea uh, believes that Adele is still alive, and that Ultimisha decided to abandon her in order to possess Adele's body instead. The combination of evil sorceress present plus evil sorceress future would be extremely bad to deal with. In a weird beat, we get control of Squalikan. And have to try to leave the screen. He's told to stay and listen more, but Squall has heard enough because he's got this hyperfixation on Renoa that like is very incongruous. It's 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 good to get this character development. I'm glad he's speaking his feelings, but wow, all of a sudden he is just Renoa pilled hard and does not Seriously. give a shit about anything else uh-huh uh he asks Adea if she knows what might have happened but Adea doesn't quite remember squall tells her about uh her collapse after the battle and sid bursts out did renoa die and squall's like no he's this... such a petulant child about it
0: oh it's so funny like sid just say <laughs> say did renoa die <laughs>
1: yeah i would and love then... to know what what's your voice for sid in your head
2: mm. Yeah, it he's he's like kindly uncle to me. He he kinda talks like this, you know, to me.
1: Like, okay, I so just, you've got Deckard Kane, Matt?
0: Mm-hmm. I always had um uh Robin Williams. Robin Williams was the voice of <laughs> my head for him because that's what he looks like.
1: Hatch Adams. Okay. To me he's the pimply voiced or the pimply faced teen from The Simpsons. <laughs> oh does you he know a <laughs> guy? I Uh, have to ask Seed's manager.
2: (laughs) Norg. (laughs) Norg. um it it takes it it's funny that it takes for noah being like grievously injured and comatose for for squall to like fully become this person and for his true feelings to come flooding out but like Mm -hmm. come on like just yeah y'all if you aren't playing the game the no is in all caps and then there are at least three exclamation marks he yells it
0: yeah she's not dead I I, okay. I I transcribed it exactly <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's so dramatic. Like, and the you know the funny thing is like the font in this game, the exclamation points are so thick. They yeah, are, they are thick, and uh-huh. so like when you have three of them in a row, like they are very noticeable.
2: So anyway, Sid hilariously uh, reminds Squall that he's in charge now. He's like, "Hey, uh, remember when I abdicated my job and made you the mm-hmm. leader of the entire war school? Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's your responsibility to update the members of Garden about the situation and tell them tell them what their next move is." Squall is like, "Okay, but Renoa, I am really fixated on Renoa," and Sid's like, uh, "Excuse me, a true leader doesn't waffle," which. Okay, uh-huh. buddy. Pot, pot kettle here. Come on. put uh-huh. the fuck on. <laughs> and then Squall is still extremely pissy and punches the stone wall.
0: That must have hurt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the screen goes black for a bit as Squall is absorbed in his thoughts. As the conversation just continues around him, like it's very funny that they just kind of like drop the visuals just so that you can see that he's just
1: He's just there, but he's not
2: there. hmm
1: Oh yeah, they learned this from the Xenogears team.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've I've got I've got some Xenogears parallels coming up. I'm not sure if it's this episode or next, but okay. we're recording two episodes this week and uh Xenogears rears its head.
0: Yeah, so put a pin in that, I guess. Uh so yeah, he's thinking over his whole arc with Renoa and being like, you know, what you first came here, I didn't like her, and then slowly over time, things changed, and he, and he's like begging for her to give him one more chance as if she had any control over her situation right now. Meanwhile, while he's thinking all this, uh, we learn about Ultimisha's ultimate goal, which is to use LNA to go further into the past and compress past, present, and future into a single instance moment. Mm-hmm
2: time compression squall. of course yeah.
0: it's called time compression why i guess we'll get into it eventually but that's a yeah. thing that she's going to do and she needs lna to do it so squall is then chided for not listening like hey squall are, are you paying any attention and he just turns around and just cuts straight to the point saying that well our mission is to stop ultimecia from doing that shit by getting a lot right you gotta stop her from getting alone right and Everybody says, "Like, hey, man, yeah, look, we, we get it. We, we're concerned for Renoa too. Can you fucking chill?"
1: <laughs> and
0: Squall is about to lash out at him too, and then he just goes, "You know what? Forget it." And then they head back to the garden. Back in the at the bridge, uh, Squall is wrapping up his address. Uh, he says that they will need to find the White Seed ship to get Elena back, and then he adds at the end that, "Oh yeah, Adea is." Uh, back in her home in the orphanage, you know, the one with no roof now. And uh she's uh, no longer a threat. So uh let just everyone just leave her be. Uh so to progress the plot from here, we need to visit Renoa again in the infirmary and this is absolutely
2: not signaled at all. <laughs> it it uh, yeah, but it does it I feel like you talk to a couple of people and they're like, "Hey, you should go visit Renoa." But also, I think the game does want you to make the garden rounds once again because um, I posed the question in an earlier episode whether this was asset reuse or revisiting Mm -hmm. locations and I kind of don't think I care anymore what the intent was but what the effect is, is it this part of the game, at the very least, does feel like a more modern JRPG, like it, like a 2023 era JRPG, which a ton of them are about revisiting similar areas over and over again to, like, progress uh, little plot developments uh, over the course of the game and, like, change NPC dialogue. Mm-hmm. The fact that it happens sometimes, but not all the time, though, makes a lot of the repeated NPC dialogue more annoying because it's like, yeah. oh, these folks are going to have new things to say. Oh, I guess not this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Oh, oh, on that note, I, I know that on some recent seasons I was praising the Trail series for this. Mm-hmm. Since, since one of the last times I brought it up, the Crossbell games have been coming out in English, and oh my god. Oh my god, they're the monkey's paw version of that. That city's yeah. That city's massive! Uh-huh. Every it, it, time. It, it, Jesus.
0: Somebody had to write all that and then program all that. It's wild.
2: Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, it's um like the trail series number of words at this point has to be approaching that fucking um smash brothers four million word fanfic uh at this point just like in aggregate over I'm, all I'm of am games oh um so the unofficial longest novel in the world for a long time was mm-hmm. a smash brothers fan fiction yeah, it can't. It's not eligible for any like world records or anything because it's like digital only and it's not an original work. And it's probably god awful to read. Also, but yes, it was four point one million words at the last time I checked. What? Yeah. 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 Four okay. four million words on Smash Brothers fanfic. Can't imagine where it goes.
1: <laughs> Neither can. Uh, did this start? With the latest Smash Brothers, or one of the prior ones with a smaller cast? Because that's even more horrifying, uh, actually. I
2: don't. (laughs) Uh, when, When did this start getting written here? It is called Subspace Emissary World's Conquest. It started getting written in 2008. And was last updated in 2018. <laughs> wow! <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Now, so where's okay, the archaeological okay. podcast on that?
0: I was about to say that. <laughs> like, we need yeah. one of those, or we need to start one of those. Uh huh. Here's <laughs> the thing: it,
2: that the juice cannot be worth the squeeze. No, there. I, no. I I. 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 I it, Y'all know how much I love a long project, but uh-huh. uh, it could not be me.
1: Ask FM answers from the creator say that simply "d's nuts" in reaction to the question <laughs> about Banjo and Kazooie's separation.
2: <laughs> wow. Okay. Great. Good. That's the kind of shit I'm into. It's not. Um. So, like, all right. Uh. So, just very briefly a couple of a couple of things from the garden revisit number one Mm -hmm. the uh treppies in the classroom are still uh giving us kd ratios for both us and Quistus. they they continue to update that's fun uh selfies digital yearbook and digital blog have been updated and now like Basically, the whole team has uh, written in her yearbook at this point. She wanted to get Squall to be the first one to write in it, but she was like, I actually don't know if he would go for that. And then if you go back into her early diary entries, Selfie mentions Adele's disappearance and the Sorceress Wars in her diary. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it's very cute how she believes so much in Squall at this point, And she mentions worrying more about Guardian Force memory loss. So... The shit's in there, Mm -hmm. just buried deep.
0: Well, the funny thing is
2: there's a isn't the the
0: Trabia Garden entry, like basically one where she says, you know, I think this is going to be my last entry, because if I I I think the phrasing was something like, if I keep writing in this, I'm going to like become too weak to want to keep fighting. Mm -hmm. So and then she breaks her rule immediately.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: But like, you know, the entry by itself is like pretty moving.
2: Mhm. Uh, oh, y- yeah. Uh, another one that I thought was very funny is that some of the teens who are still in the garden call themselves sad, but it's with like S uh, capital S and capital D like like seed, but then the <laughs> E's are just A's. It's cute.
1: Why? <laughs> uh. So, Squall is watching over a comatose Renoa. He is lost in thought, going on about how full of life she was and how desperately he wants her to wake up. He collapses on the bed and immediately abdicates his brain to go to another Laguna flashback. Mm -hmm. This is just a habit of these garden runners. Laguna, Kiros, and Ward, maybe, are hanging out in a snowy (laughs) mountain range. Hard up on money, Laguna has taken the lead role in a film called The Sorceress's Night, and is decked out in plate-mail armor and wielding a familiar-looking gunblade. Sure, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, like me, you picked up the timber maniacs in Shumi <laughs> Village before this flashback, Ward's just not here. No, no reason why, no explanation why. It just, he's mm-hmm. just not
0: in here for this fight in this dialogue.
1: Mm-hmm. I Which definitely... he doesn't speak,
0: because he doesn't speak anymore. Why? I don't know. Why would you link those? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I, I you know i didn't do any like wiki diving to see if there was like any difference in like selfies entries or anything because the timber maniacs is tied to her diary but uh it'd be very funny if like it'd be very meta if there was something about reading that that affects affected the past or something mm. you know i don't know as far as i know this is just a random thing that happens
1: i just okay so i you know what? Never mind. <laughs> the, the cameraman presses Kiros and maybe Ward, into service by telling them to operate the Ruby Dragon costume for a fight scene, and then a Ruby Dragon walks in from off-screen, and we play a minigame similar to last episode's paratrooper fight.
2: So I have some thoughts about the, the this minigame, which is, uh, fuck it to shit. Fuck it so hard. <laughs> it I hate it. And so, in... The original PlayStation version version. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Playstation version. You I mean, fucking square. What all of us, right? Virgin. Like let's be real.
1: Squall. The original PlayStation version.
2: <laughs> I'm a Saturn Chad. Um I am. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I'm Don't not. Don't make me pull out uh, the figure. <laughs> so so um in the original Playstation version, you could so there's like a you're spamming these buttons. Mm. You're spamming either block or attack, but mm-hmm. there's a delay, and the idea is that you are supposed to block when it rears up, find the opening, and attack then. In the original PlayStation version, if you time it just right, you can short-circuit the timing and just keep spamming attack. Wow. Wow. Great! I, I wow, I knew
0: it was in Neptunia. <laughs> you didn't even yeah. have to
2: say it. I knew it. Yeah,
1: that's, that's not even Neptunia. That's from the Sega Hard Girls line. Oh, excuse so. me, Sega <laughs> Hard Girls.
2: <laughs> oh, so part of the Yoko Taro verse. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but in the in the remaster, they 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 fixed that glitch. You 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 can't short circuit the timing anymore, and so you're just kind of stuck holding block until you think that it might be the right time to attack, but hopefully your block action hasn't delayed the attack action until too late. And so I had to do this conservatively like four times before it took. It was bad. I kept dying. And of course, if you choose, I give up instead of, nope, that's not how it went, let's keep going, you get shunted back to the load screen. So I just had to Mm. do it until I succeeded.
0: See, I... I I just would mash until I win because it would just interrupt the dragon every time, even on the remaster. It didn't didn't, didn't work for you? It
2: didn't for me. No, I could not mash until I won. It kept, it kept like sneak attacking me.
0: Yeah, I I think maybe that's just RNG that like it can beat you if the timing is bad. But like, Mm. as long as you don't take two hits, you're fine.
2: Sure, sure. But
0: yeah, I mean, I would just, you know, mash attack and usually it was just fast enough to stop it. Uh, got that's, it that's awful <laughs> yeah because this, this is actually it's not a fun fight or anything it's it's pretty much it's a worse version than the one we just did last episode
2: yeah it is and it it presents itself like a like a more traditional fighting game with like health bars and stuff but but you know it's what visually is, ugly do you know what is really cute though is the little ragtime music that's playing
0: underneath it. Like it's a silent film. Yeah. Yeah. That's cute. That is cute. Miyamoto
1: ass bullshit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And they, even, even the, uh, even the cameraman's like, don't, don't worry about saying your lines. We'll just double them in later.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's not, uh, and it's not as like incongruous as the music in the lunar base next episode, which drove Mm. me nuts. But, uh, Oh Yeah
0: oh okay
2: so Kiros and ward uh or for me just just uh is like wait 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 wait. that's not the costume that's an actual ruby dragon (laughs) which of course it was Mm. Uh uh and then the cameraman and uh woman playing the sorceress escape because they're like fuck this shit and we are given a beat to set our junctions before the fight dragon is not a boss fight just a very powerful regular enemy its main threat is the breath attack that can absolutely melt the party if you're at a high enough level or you want to play around with uh, the level up guardian force ability ruby dragons have two of the most potent magics in the game flare and meteor that you can draw here but if you boost your level up in order to draw them uh the dragons will also fuck your shit up so just be careful (laughs) however it is susceptible to sleep And it will also not use breath attack if at least one party member is dead. And so what you can do is just kill one of your folks, have sleep attached to uh, the attack status junction on another one of your folks, and just Mm -hmm. go to town that way.
1: It'd be great if I had a spare ward to use as a corpse. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, Uh, The funny thing about this fight for me
0: is that... um, you know, I, I tried to do the level up thing and I, I got wiped by breath because I didn't I had I hadn't looked up the uh, the one weird trick and then I tried it again and I just died and I'm like this I couldn't get sleep to land was really the problem. Sleep wasn't landing for mm. me. And I was just like, all right, all right, I'll try it one more time. And then fucking Odin showed up and murked this motherfucker. No. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard, I'm just like, I'm keeping that one, I'm just rolling. <laughs> I don't need that many uh. years.
1: That rules. I just did a full-ass spit take into my mug when you said
2: that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what Odin does. It's a regular (laughs) battle. It's not a boss battle, so it counts. Yeah. Sometimes the RNG in this game creates some great improv comedy moments. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's just the most annoying shit in the world. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I forgot to point out before we went into a Laguna coma that if you talk to Zell in the garden before you visit Renoa, he goes, "So how's Renoa doing? Still in a coma? Well, don't take it too hard." Which, <laughs> I, I love it. I love Zell, <laughs> my hot dog boy.
1: Zell is like Good. if Waka wasn't racist. Yes. In either yes. axis, yeah. Of so, so better, racism. he's better. He's just a better Waka. Mm-hmm. I I can't believe I'm saying this, but yes.
2: <laughs> After the battle, Laguna spies a massive floating obelisk with a bright light shining way off in the distance.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the funny thing about this film, like they don't say it outright. I think I forget if there's like other like little bits where they, they connected, but the implication is that. Cypher's romantic dream came from watching this movie. That this movie mm-hmm. was made, he sees the you know, sees the guy with that particular gunblade with that particular stance, which is also very funny that laguna says, "Oh yeah, I trained with the, I used one of these in training. I'll just remember what I did it for for practice." And that's what he did, his like little gunblade thing. Mm. Like even um Cypher's like victory pose that he does um where he like, you know, he does a couple of swipes and then like take uh holds it vertically and like pulls pulls down uh, the thing like Laguna does that here too. So the implication is that all of that came from this weird side project (laughs) Laguna did for some money. The, uh, the other bit, uh, interestingly to, to tie this back in with season two of the show, this movie actually is one of the, um, is like in one of the questions for um, what's his name? Captain Cryptic, Captain Cryptic in Final Fantasy XIII 2 has a question that goes, which celebrated movie introduced the Gunblade, a now popular toy among kids? And the answer is the Sorcerer's Night. <laughs> so-
2: That's cute. Yeah, I That's remember
1: great. one of you had to explain that to me because <laughs> I had not, I was going, how would I know that?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the other funny thing is that uh, apparently uh, the... The model for Laguna here is the same model as the uh, the king ghost in the um, uh, Tomb of Forgotten Kings, just with a different head. (laughs) Cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it's very funny how like this this seems random, but it ends up somewhat being like story load bearing for a character or or characterization Mm. load bearing. But it also doesn't tell you that you just kind of have to infer it.
2: Right. Which is, which is uh, honestly like, it's a good detail because it shows how much of a, just a farcical paper tiger cipher has been his entire life. Everything Mm -hmm. that he believes in is based on lies. uh, And he's a little fucking chump because of it.
0: Yeah. It also makes Laguna very much into the Forrest Gump of this game. (laughs) he's he's absolute. oh
2: my god he's he absolutely uh-huh. yeah. right now, sybil's sybil's right there with that question but like yeah no laguna is forest gump the x-star the, the bubble bubba gump shrimp presidency this story
1: is rapidly approaching gump 2 territory by the way are you familiar
0: uh-huh. with that novel no i'm not yes. oh wait no i okay. vaguely remember reading the uh, wikipedia on it and it's like yeah even deaf, uh-huh. right?
1: The author of the original Forrest Gump novel hated the film so much that he basically wrote a sequel which was designed to
2: be unfilmable. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, because famously, the novel is supposed to be skewering jingoistic nostalgia. That is the, mm-hmm. that is one of the thrusts of the book. And then Zemeckis turns it into, isn't jingoistic nostalgia the just fucking great? boomer jerk-off fantasy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 100%.
1: Yeah.
2: When I found out that the book was supposed to be critical of that shit, I was like, no way. No way.
0: Mm-hmm. God, the only thing that would have made it more on the nose if Laguna ended up wearing leg braces after he, his fall in Sentra, <laughs> at least for a little ah. bit, for like one scene. Like. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Anyway, we then have a mid-flashback conversation between LNA and Squall, where LNA says that, uh, "Oh, by the way, I sorry, I didn't mean to. You know, I, I butt dialed you in my sleep <laughs> with this uh, <laughs> with this connectability. I call it the connectability." And uh, Squall says that he wants to go back, but uh, she just she isn't in control of this at all, uh, which is. Actually, really awful, and it makes you wonder why this doesn't happen more frequently, if this is just something mm. you can do in your sleep. But uh, instead, she asks Squall if she can use his spirit a little while longer. And then we see a brief scene of Laguna, who is now at the orphanage, and he's talking to Adea about Elena, who had recently been uh, captured by Esthar's soldiers. Apparently, you know, she ended up at, she was at the orphanage, and she gets taken from the orphanage. He says that he's been trying to get into Estar, but he hasn't been able to find a way yet. And Adia responds, uh, you know, very much uh like, you know, here's some uh, exposition. Uh like they were looking for a successor for to the Estar sorceress, Adele question mark. And Laguna's like, yeah, that's the one. That's exactly the thing. And Adea asks if LA is his daughter, to which he says, No, but uh, oh, she's just so cute. I wish I could hear her voice. And Squall just really goes, I wish I could hear Renoa's voice. And it's very funny. <laughs> but when he does that, Laguna flitches saying that he is feeling the presence of the fairies. It which
2: is this it we've gotten some some minor indications that Laguna like can tell that something is in his head, but this is the first time that he's like fully acknowledged it, which is which which makes elena's later explanation of what her power is a, kind of a lie because she's like no 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 we we don't affect the past at all that's this is a spoiler i'm sorry but it well it's a spoiler for stuff that we've already played anyway yeah, uh, yeah it it's like it just because she's like no, no, no 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 we just use the past to influence how we manage the present but like that's not the case because laguna can tell that that future squall is in his brain a little bit uh doing some really like teen feeling stuff which is great also um when i was a kid playing through this i just did this is such a crucial plot detail that i just straight up missed about how elone's Time manipulation is new among sorceresses. And it's why they're like, no, mm-hmm. she's not a sorceress. She just has other magic. It's because other sorceresses didn't have this. And so that's why she is the living MacGuffin for mm-hmm. a lot of this story. And I I I I just straight up did not did not understand it because it's 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 mentioned and then kind of like moved along. Um yeah. and so 13 year old Ryan, whoosh.
0: Yeah. I mean The thing, though, is also, well, there's two other things about it. You have, especially talking about where LNA is like, you can't affect the past. Like, well, what about the part where Laguna suddenly could summon Shiva? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and he acknowledges uh in the windhill one that like oh yeah i feel a lot stronger now and it literally uh-huh. is you have the entire skill set of your modern party you go like okay no you literally made him like a thousand times stronger that's what the game tells you happens except yeah that's that's kind of like hand wave gameplay stuff like they didn't want it to be completely siloed so they just kind of gave you that but it yeah. doesn't make any sense when, when you pair that with. By the way, you can't influence anything really, other than just right. acknowledging a presence.
2: God, sorry, I just, I just accidentally did the thing that I sometimes do, also, where I'm like, oh, let me go talk about this thing because it's on my mind, and then it's literally in the next paragraph. <laughs> so I'm very sorry. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's
0: it's it's all good. Uh, like. Yeah, I mean that—that's the thing with this game, though. It's like these like lines come up, and you got like, "Oh shit!" Well what about this? Like the other thing. Okay, if LNA is the first person, or really the only person to have going to the past powers, what does that mean for Ultimicia's possessing people in the past? Where does that come from? I don't know.
2: I I think I think I know, but it's, it's okay. Maybe we'll time. it'll it'll come up way later.
0: But like, yeah. we, we, that's the one thing. Like at this moment, you'd think like, mm-hmm. okay, but then how does
1: Ultimicia do it?
0: Mm-mm.
1: Sorry, I just got a notification at the corner that Parasol Sars Cove Two just started playing Team Fortress. <laughs> <laughs> What's the KD? <laughs> what an amazing username yeah uh as the scene fades out squall tells Elone he doesn't care if he has to go into the past but he has to save renoa and Elone says that she's just learned she cannot change the past and can only see the memories of people she's met before i call bullshit on this we have definitely changed the past at least once already Mm-hmm. with that very scene you called out. Mhm. Wow, I'm suddenly super strong. Fuck this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My character sure has changed.
1: Uh-huh. This this story was not meant to be considered in the least. What a goddamn paper skeleton of a skyscraper they're building. <laughs> Mm. She tells Squall that because Laguna was searching for her, he could not be by rainside side when she died, and she wanted badly to show him her newborn child. Efs Chad. says, uh, I'm going <laughs> to disconnect, but I'll try and call you again. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then Squall wakes up and shouts aloud to her to try and send him back to the moment that Renoa fell into a coma. But he decides, well, if that's not going to work. I also need to steal the miracle child to use her powers for myself because mm-hmm. I'm not learning anything from the plot so far. And so since the White Seed is also known as Edea's Seed, that's who's going to know where this is.
2: <laughs> this, this is the line that calls us out. He goes, White Seed, ellipsis. Adea's Seed, ellipsis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Adea's Seed? <laughs> real metal gear energy <laughs> gotta be A-day so amazing seed.
0: god if you voice this if you, if you <laughs>
2: yes oh my god david <laughs> hater squall oh oh that would be hilarious go talk to a wall <laughs> so um we head into the orphanage and find uh Adaya with her hubbo uh she says that The White Seed ship stays on the move, so she uh, doesn't really know where it is right now, but she does know that uh, they have recently liked hiding within the ruined continent of Sentra, so they are likely in an inlet somewhere nearby. She also gives Squall a letter to give to the White Seed that will earn their trust. Also, you can challenge her to cards if you want, because she carries her own triple triad card, which Uh is weird, Uh, Uh but um i'm still playing with random rules so i am staying the fuck away i did it anyway
1: (laughs) i did uh play one game of triple triad since that uh one recent recording session where i had all the rules enabled as i said this game makes no sense when you go from zero to 120 (laughs) by the way yeah
0: Uh, no absolutely not like i still don't know what uh same wall
1: does exactly (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, I basically just discovered. Oh, I can't, I can't put down cards. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I and mean, when you can't
0: see the cards coming, you can't even anticipate what what to like protect against at all. It's it gets mm-hmm. really,
2: really stupid. But I have just like accidentally demolished a hand where I thought that I was laying the losing card and I got same and plus and flipped nice. them all. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's all chain like, oh.
0: reactions. Yeah, same and plus cause rea- chain reactions. And so like, you, it's also one of those things where you're like, oh yes, I'm two cards ahead. I'm totally safe. And then a card comes down and flips five cards. And then yep. you realize that like, oh, by the way, uh, the uh, the trade rule is all or difference or something. And then you end up losing all your cards. Or you get fucked also, by uh, by uh, sudden death, where you have to play with the cards that you flipped. <laughs> uh huh. God, I hate that. That's that. That bit me once,
1: real bad. Also, we're not gonna comment on the fact that Idaea just made a fucking terrorist cell army. <laughs> it she's just made this standing force wander the continent randomly mm-hmm. so they can't be found.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean that was mm-hmm. part of the
1: original plan,
0: right? They they have right. the, the garden seeds, and then they have this separate separate uh, special forces. <laughs> it, it does feel like like where do they come from? Like oh, I guess they were they.
1: Sid never mentioned these people. <laughs> we only have to be lucky once, Altamicia. You have to be lucky every time.
2: <laughs> yeah. So uh, after all of that about the the surprise contingency militia, the mobile base um the white scene oh, white is, base yeah the white yes oh my oh my god oh my god <laughs> yeah wow they're e- yeah wow they're even like harried by uh, a military organization uh across wow we're Mind looking blown. for the first new type indeed we are so we take the garden out for a spin once again. I I just... I love that our first ship is just a fucking school. <laughs> um, and we find the White Seed ship located in a large inlet in the western side of the Centra collection of continents. When we arrive, the captain asks our party their business. Squall tells them that they're here for Ohlone and that Adea sent them, and that Adea is no longer controlled by Ultimisha, So, that's chill. The captain's like, uh... Fuck off. We have absolutely no reason to believe you. I'm going back into my bunk.
0: Yeah. Uh, So we can now explore the ship, which, in addition to the uniformed seed members, uh, hosts a handful of children. However, no one wants to talk to you right now because, you know, you're just a weird stranger and we can't trust you. When you head towards the stern of the boat, we run into Zone and Watts. They're here now. Because... They were able to escape Timber by the skin of their teeth. And uh, like it looked like they were about to get, like, pushed into the ocean, I think is, like, what they said. And the White Seed arrived in their ship and ended up saving them. They ask, like, oh, by the way, how's Renoa doing? And, like, Squall's, like, about that. And Zone <laughs> just goes off. He's, like, straight up pissed that he's, like, I-, I told you, son of a bitch. is like, you just had to keep her safe. You had one job.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And... Squall tells him that they are here in order to try to save her, to help her recover. And Watts is able to help talk him down. But uh, he warns Squall one more time that uh, he better keep Renoa safe. And then he heads up to the ship's cockpit. Uh, So if you end up following up, if you end up following him up there, uh, he will talk to you about life at sea. He's just like, oh, it's kind of nice just staring out there. And that's cool. And hey, they let me drive the ship a little bit. Isn't that neat? Uh, but if you talk to him a third time, <laughs> he will be like, hey, hey, I recognize that girl's next door magazine that you have. Can you, can you give it to me? Can, can you give me the porn? And, <laughs> and he'll, you can, you have like a few options here. You can refuse. and like, no. Uh, you can say, uh, <laughs> I'll charge you uh, 25,500 gil for it, which is a hilarious number. <laughs> and, uh, or you can just give it to him for free and just be a nice bro. If you give it away, he's like, "Oh, great! This is awesome." Here's something in return, and it gives you uh, a rename card and the Shiva card.
1: Are, are you familiar with submarine life?
0: <laughs> you, oh, you've told me uh, some of the stories
1: that you're, uh, you're, was it your was your grandfather? grandfather. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I will yeah. not tell the story of just hearing the sounds of people jacking it in the darkness <laughs> again. <laughs> well, I mean, you just you just did. Yeah, I just gave a quick version, that's but yeah, Jerking version.
2: in the darkness is is my favorite Camelot dungeon crawler.
1: <laughs> Beats Golden Sun. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Jerking in the light of day.
2: <laughs> Jerking but, off the gin.
0: Really putting the white seed in the white seed ship, eh?
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs>
0: anyway, uh, we can then ask Watts. Watts uh,
2: likes to come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, this is zone. Zone. Oh, shit. Zone likes to come. I'm sorry. Zone we, is. Our we people. can't talk about zone.
1: There are people who are going to hear zone and instantly think of the other zone.
2: Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. What? is the stomach ache guy? And zone is the is the is the gooner. No.
0: Great. No. No. Zone is the zone is the horny king with IBS. Oh wow. Whom He's we, both.
2: Whom we stand. Both. <laughs> That's right. It's been so long since we've seen the fucking Timber Owls that I forgot that it that stomachache guy and horny guy is the same guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, the
2: you just have to art use for that. Uh, Metal Gear. Yeah. Metal mm-hmm. Gear logic. Yeah, the guy yeah, right. who
1: has to shit is also the guy who wants to get it wet. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, we can ask Watt some questions here. There's a whole menu of them. Uh, He tells us that Adia used to be on the ship, but since she left, uh, there hasn't been any adults here. So I guess she was just hanging out on this ship until she got possessed and then just kind of bailed. That's the implication here. He tells us that LNA left on an Esthar ship. And uh, Squall is uh, confused by this because he knew that Laguna was trying to save her from Esthar in the past. So, hmm, something weird there. And uh, Watts adds that uh, she had a smile on her face as she left.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
1: Sure, whatever. (laughs) Nothing about this character is making any sense, and maybe they'll fix something later, but right now she basically just seems like whatever we need to move the plot along. Mm -mm. Mm Mm-hmm. She's a Maltese falcon with tits. (laughs) We head into the captain's...
2: What? (laughs) No, it's also... It reminds me, like, this... It's so... They... (laughs) She keeps Adea keeps her her evil slut witch outfit even though she's not <laughs> an evil slut witch <laughs> anymore.
0: <laughs> That's true.
2: Like well, yeah, look, look, she got when you rid got of the rest of her wardrobe. Uh-huh. Yeah, when you got the drip, you wear the drip. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. No, it's a it's a better look than whatever matron was, but like it it's awfully hard to call her matron when when she's looking like this she's very much going for mommy right now not matron
1: look i'm gonna be real if i got possessed by an evil slut witch and woke up with a new wardrobe but i found out it worked on my body i'd fucking keep it Mm -mm. yeah
2: you know what yeah that's 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 a great point i think i would too
1: Mm-hmm. Holy shit! My closet is all Dolce Gabbana and Satan. Okay. <laughs> I thought the Satan wore Prada. <sighs> you will all be servants of the satin Wait, no. So we head into the captain's quarters, and Squall gives the man a Dea's letter for a second attempt, and the captain is like, uh, "Okay, I guess I recognize this handwriting. All right, maybe you're not full of shit." And Squall's like, well, yeah, we were also raised by the woman. It's like, oh, cool. So, despite me throwing you on your ass 10 minutes ago, it turns out we're friends now. Great, <laughs> great. Everything's fine. Perfect. The captain thanks him and Garden for saving Adea and salutes. And Squall is amused that they use the same salute. And the captain says, yeah, why the fuck wouldn't we? We're both part of the same organization, you goddamn idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You get control back here, and now that you've been vetted, you can roam the ship and talk to NPCs who would previously give you the finger.
2: Mm. Uh, So this is something that I didn't know. I try Mm -hmm. to hit as much of the NPC dialogue as I can because it's one of my favorite parts of the game. Uh, It feels like one of the most cohesive and interesting parts of the game, but I missed this. So uh, at the bow side of the ship, you can find an extremely important but yet still probably graceless lore dump (laughs) given by a seed who is teaching two children about the legend of Vascaroon,
1: Which sounds like a slur. <laughs> it, it,
2: yes it yes anything that ends uh, uh, in a rune is gonna it's gonna raise my hackles a little bit yeah <laughs> this is a creation myth about the great Hine, the first sorceress uh i don't know what m means here oh, he,
0: he's male but they they call him a sorceress still
2: okay okay yeah. so the great Hine, who is Sorry, a, i was uh, trying
0: to do like the Reddit, uh, like the reddit thing of like gender oh, age so got <laughs> gender <it>. eternity
2: <laughs> i see now so, okay. It is a creation myth about the Great Hine, the first sorceress, who was a dude, but uh, still called a sorceress, who created mankind in order to help himself. When they propagated too quickly, he massacred a bunch of children with his magic, which kicked off a war between Hine and the humans. Uh, the fact that there's a male sorceress in a narrative about a fucking military wizard school means that. Final Fantasy 8 is a, way less transphobic than um that other little shit. That other <laughs> yeah. little shit. Yeah. Mm. I, mm-hmm. Is
1: so, Squall going to end this story by becoming the top cop? Because if not, that's even better.
2: <laughs> He's going to become mm. the time cop. <laughs> um, oh my God.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Now I just want to see Jean Claude Van Damme do the splits again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, uh, in, this, in this creation myth, since the humans outnumbered him and were growing smarter, Hein decided to end the war by giving them half of his body, which presumably bestow his magic to whomever possessed it. The human tribes then waged decades of war over the body, the ultimate victor being King Zabalga and his tribe. He tried to wield the power of Hein's body, but it wouldn't respond. A man by the name of Vascaroon appeared and claimed that the body had no power at all. He set off to find the other half of Hein, but it was never found. Um, oh, Wow. Fucking wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I think the other thing, if I don't know if it triggers when you talk to this person and now it's in your – tutorial but like yeah if you dig into your tutorial menus there's a bit where it talks about people and the great Hine is one of them and it just says like a, a like you know source of all magic or whatever and it says uh to be called uh Hein's descendant is a um the highest compliment to be given to a sorceress okay but i okay. think i'm trying to i was wasn't able to find another reference to this but i remember hearing that part of it is also that he bestowed his actual magic powers onto I believe it was eight women mm. and that then that's where the sorceress you know the succession started and it started from there but like okay. I, I want to be able to find a, a reference to that because I mean that that's the implication is that the magic power that sorceresses specifically have comes from this character or this creation God or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's very interesting that like, this is, this is just about the only lore about the origins of the planet that we find and how it would tie into magic and all that.
1: Yeah. And it's just kind and
0: of buried in this screen that like for years, I never found this. I didn't realize you could walk on the, to the other direction of the boat, to the front of the mm-hmm. boat and just find this happening. Uh, but mm-hmm. when I did, I lost my shit. Cause I'm like, Oh man, that, that, that's a lot of lore just out of nowhere.
2: If it, if it was intentional, if it was a, an intentional choice to bury the world building in conversations between people, like, between like kids who are learning the stories of the world, yeah, I think this would be neat. But it's not, and so yeah. it sucks, because well, you can yeah. go through this entire game without knowing shit about shit.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think also, if I recall, there's actually... One of the NPCs, like the old man in Balam, actually tells a story about that basically tells this story, but in a truncated form.
2: Mm. It, it's also very funny that he's like, Oh shit, my like slaves are getting too big for their britches. Better kill some kids. And then he's like, Oh shit, that backfired. Better just like off myself because that's the only way to to end this is to off half of myself.
0: <laughs> and, and like the way they describe like the, the part of the body. Like Vascaroon basically goes like, yeah, that's not half of his body. That's just his skin. He just sloughed Ooh. off some skin and <laughs> called it half his body, which I mean, I get it. The skin is the largest organ in your body and all that. But like, <laughs> yeah, it basically turns the hide into like a trickster magician, essentially mm-hmm. a trickster god. Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, I just want to point out that given where. Final Fantasy for The After Years takes the greater Final Fantasy canon. This is much funnier. Hmm. 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 Mm. Took mm-hmm. me a second
2: because I've erased a lot of that execrable game from my memory, but yeah, uh, wow. that
1: final dungeon? Yeah. Oh,
2: wow. right. He, uh,
0: I, I thought Hind was a reference in Final Fantasy III.
1: No, 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 no. The After Years straight up creates a giant
2: multiverse for. FF lore. This is then kind and of what Final Fantasy XIV is as well.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure there are a couple of eight bosses on that moon. So that means that Hein is probably related to the race that is involved in four after years. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So the, the thing I was thinking about was the um, the boss in Final Fantasy III that's also named Hein, but it was spelled differently. Mm. It's a uh, magician mini boss And he's a skeleton Or part of his body is a skeleton <laughs> And the, uh, the The implication being that It's connected because The sloughing off of the skin so mm-hmm. The removal of the skin being like Oh yeah, that, then that's high Ah yes, half right. the body gone
2: Yes, yep. Ah yes, the sloughing connection <laughs> <That's> <laughs> The sequel to the midnight meat train Ooh <laughs> Uh
0: Anyway Super interesting world building detail that is uh very hard to
2: find. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Wild. Wild as shit. <laughs>
0: Especially because like you get kicked off the ship very quickly if you're just kind of mainlining it and uh you mm-hmm. don't realize that you can just go back. <laughs> yeah. Speedwitch. So if we go to talk to the captain again, and this is the point where you basically get kicked off the ship because a bunch of plot stuff happens and you're back in of Garden, uh he tells us in more detail than Watts did that uh, LNA is not there. Uh, after a skirmish with some Galbadians, their ship was immobilized. However, Esthar ships arrived at the last moment and engaged the Galbadians. Uh, during the fight, some Esthar soldiers boarded their ship and told them to join them, being like, hey, you guys are like dead in the water. Come get onto Arbo to evacuate. And uh, they refused. They're like, we don't trust you. But as they were leaving... LNA uncharacteristically leapt off of their ship and uh, landed on the Esthar boat somehow. And uh, the fleet left, uh, presumably heading back to Esthar with them. They intended to head in that direction, but since their ship has been broken, they've been stuck in the same place now for a while. So they haven't been able to move. Uh, So we then immediately cut to the garden bridge where Squall is giving the command to head to Esthar. And Nita says that, oh, that country is notoriously xenophobic. And uh, I I won't be able to fly my garden there, but uh, Squall says, "Hey, we're going there anyway." And yeah, I already mentioned that like you you can go back to the ship and talk to more people, and if you if you miss this because it really is like you talk to the captain, then he walks towards the window, and then if you talk to him again, you basically leave the ship. Whereas like if you just walked, around, that's the point where you would want to walk
1: around and talk to people. Okay, let's talk about the shittier big bridge. <laughs> You might notice, Fisherman's Horizon is attached to an enormous bridge that connects the Galbadian and Esthar continents, although I don't know if you were supposed to know that was the Esthar continent until now. Mm -hmm. It is called the Horizon Bridge, and it is our ticket into Esthar. I guess you're just supposed to figure this out because there's no way to get the airship over there, and this is the only thing that connects land to land. Yeah. When you... Enter Fisherman's Horizon, a cutscene takes over where, against, I feel like someone should stop this, Uh (laughs) Squall takes Renoa's body, puts her on his back, and leaves by himself to presumably walk hundreds of miles down this bridge with a coma patient. There Mm -hmm. is a long-running internal monologue. Somewhere in here, he wonders if anyone is bad at him for abandoning his duties and stealing a woman and just taking the long walk into the fucking... ah, This is Judge Dredd shit. He does think to himself, boy, I sure have changed. Yeah. No, you kind of haven't. This is kind of the thing you've been doing all game.
2: Right, but now it's because he, he's got feelings and he cares instead mm-hmm. of running away from the, all of that care. So it's different, you see? He's literally running away from all of his duties to do this. Yeah, mm, it's true. Sure. Yeah, yeah, but he usually
0: runs towards his duties, right? Like that is his thing—is he is the good soldier.
2: Yeah, well, he's the good soldier who runs away from his emotional duties uh, That's true. to just to do his fighting duties.
1: Yeah, and he's still running away right now because at one point he puts Renoa down to take a break during a sunset and starts talking to someone who has no way to respond to him so he doesn't have to worry about being hurt by this in the moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To tell you the truth, I worry too much about what others think of me. I hate that side of myself. That's why I didn't want anyone to get to know me. I wanted to hide that part of myself. I hate it. His persona was a defense mechanism so that no one would try to get close. He leans back to, again, a comatose woman and says... That's a secret between you and me. Got that? He then picks her up and continues. This is the creepiest. I, see, I love how is... you're making
0: it creepy because it doesn't. Yeah, read you're as making as it creepy.
2: Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't read as creepy at all. I love this scene. This, this is, is Buck who likes to fuck from Kill Bill. No, Absolutely it's not. not. This as is the same thing. No, no, one hundred percent. Uh, no, this is y- y- this is your sicko poisoning poisoning uh, a, a, <laughs> no! an otherwise very sweet scene. I love this scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I took a woman who cannot reject anything I do, and I'm dumping myself on her, and then I'm hoping that when I'm done carrying her like a fucking printer, she's going to wake up and love me.
2: Fuck off. It's just it. There's 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 not enough nice guy creepery in in what he's doing. He's, he he's
1: monologuing
2: to a coma patient because he's freaking out and vulnerable about how like how much he wants her back and like doesn't know what else to do except for freak by out by kidnapping her. But, but, but he up, everyone knows even... he's going to Esthar. He told the entire
0: base he's going to Esthar. He just feels like he doesn't want to burden anybody with it. Yeah. Uh, like, that's... that's that's the weird thing about it is that everyone knows where he's going, and then they catch up to him, and they're like, yeah, we knew we were going. What do you think you were going to do? Uh, right. He, he, he's being uh, ridiculous, of course. But, like, I mean, it's very funny, too, because you think back to disc one where he basically tells Quistus to go talk to a wall, and he's basically talking to a wall here kind of Mm -hmm. funny yeah no this 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 really this one really works for me especially just because like (laughs) in a in a a lot of ways like the idea of just the fact that he's it's rare that you have a character in games i'm going to say in games that like sort of acknowledges that whole very tough teenage thing of like man i don't I don't know how to deal with rejection. I don't know how to deal with like working with other people. I hate myself for it. Like, I know it's bad that I feel that way. And I, but I like that. I decided to do this other thing to like protect myself and it's dumb. And he's starting to like, you know, starting to at least like he's, he's recognized a little bit prior that like the way I'm doing things is definitely not the best way to do things. And now he's just sort of vocalizing it outward more.
2: It's it's not the hedgehog's dilemma. It's like he is a juvenile marsupial who like still needs to be in the pouch, and he's decided to put on a hedgehog costume because he thinks it's the one thing that's going to protect him.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. You just stepped into my trap card because you see – I've been reading the new IDW Sonic comics, and let me tell you about Tangle the Lemur and Whisper the I-don't-know-what-the-fuck-she-is, the the first lesbians in Sonic.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. You
1: want to talk about some marsupials who don't know how to handle their feelings? That's a better written story, and these are two funny animals in a war. This is a weird dude who is doing the shittier version of Cloud's breakdown arc with Tifa in FF7, except instead of getting some kind of internalized reference or any sort of response, it's literally talking to what is basically a corpse. That's uh, This is straight up, what if a serial killer walked off with a body for a while and the oath. That's all that's happening right now. This is the son of Sam taking a victim across a long walk.
0: Yeah, I can't
2: disagree with
1: you He's not, a, he's not <laughs> a serial killer, though. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That is the vibe. That is the vibe this has. I do not find this touching. I just find this to be absolutely deranged. Well, it's just okay. if, he had, if he had deranged intentions, he just I, he, he's.
2: Too much of a soft boy to have deranged intentions. This is yeah, yeah. but not but not soft boy derogatory because softboys no, soft the, boys you, do have deranged intentions. Okay, fair. Yeah,
0: you know, I, you know the whole incel thing. Yeah, he doesn't have. God, imagine the incel version of fucking Squall, Jesus
2: Christ. Yeah, Incel. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, ooh, oof, oof, oof. Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, I listen. I. I yeah. I just. I'm. I'm with Matt here. I can't because it, this yeah. is. This is an awkward teen having big teen feelings doing it in an awkward teen way to me and and it's still really
0: stupid like to be fair he's doing a stupid thing yes you know it it's funny cuz you know one of the things i've i've learned you know i i read a lot of other stories that tends to be a lot of them are teenage stuff these days like more than i used to and you know there are certain stories that i just like that I think are like badly written. And like, I'm going to, you know, put my uh, <laughs> just, just uh, plant my flag right here. Like, I think like Adachi and Shima, uh, Shimamura is like really terribly written. I think it's a really terribly written set of light novels. And all the people that love it are people that like immediately, immediately see themselves. Like they, they have the, you know, oh, she just like me for real reaction. And I just realized that I don't get that like almost ever, like when it comes to a lot of characters i like I just don't have that like I love it because I see myself in it. The exception was squall granted, mm. I was like eleven or twelve at the time, and even ninety percent of the time or not like let's say like sixty percent of the time I'm just like Dude, what are you doing? Like, I totally understand that character motivation, or I understand like that feeling. But don't do that. Like, don't don't tell Quistis to go fuck off, or like don't don't take a don't take the girl and like try to go get her fixed on your own. You have a whole bunch of friends been tailing. Like, the last thing has said is "Rely on your friends, you idiot." <laughs> and, right. And then the thing you're doing is not doing that because you know. But you know the idea that like you know shouldering a lot of the burden and not wanting to feel like other people. Not feeling like other people deserve to carry your burden and like so you just hold it all to yourself and then you don't want to have to reciprocate. Like Mm. that I completely, like especially as a teenager, like completely connected with. And it's it's very, I mean, like, I wouldn't say like this is my favorite scene in the game or anything like that. But like I feel like it's it's one of those cases where you finally have a guy who was so you know it it's it's when the ice starts melting this is really when you start to see like the cracks in in the in the facade like really start to fall apart and
1: yeah i guess it didn't land for you at all well everything if- about this updates contents with squall just puts him into the guy who's having a breakdown and wants to walk across a 100 mile bridge with a body rather than go to therapy
2: yeah, but it's because he's also seventeen years old. And like if Hoops among if, us. If, <laughs> That's if, if there was a morsel, a hintling of Hornt in any of this, I would be right there with you. But because it is so chaste and because he's doing it because he wants to revive her and hopefully and hopefully seer is a full person and not just as like you know the object of his desire i it it just it does it yeah it i was like oh my god growth character development like you know they for for all of the things that they mess up they mm-hmm. really they 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 nail squall's journey capital s capital j <laughs> but you know. This is
1: a half hour after he tried to make a devil's deal with Alone to do the Ultimesia thing.
2: The Yeah, no, I know. His yeah. his treatment of Alone fucking sucks because uh she's she's supposed to be his like older sister figure who kicked off his abandonment issues in the first place. Uh but mm-hmm. yeah. My man is not doing this out of a sense of good growth.
1: My man is Backsliding hard, looking for every easy out possible. This episode, no. So the next morning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Go on, go on. It's very. I do, I do. It's. I, 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 I I absolutely respect where you're coming from. I just know that we're also at an impasse at this point. I know. Uh, but yeah, Matt, if you have something else to say, oh, I no, know.
0: that was that was it.
2: Okay. So, uh, yeah, the next morning, Squall has made it to the other end of the bridge where he finds Quistus and Zell just waiting for him. They say that they're here as Adea's escort, but also they're like, we knew, we knew you were gonna be here, my guy, like, come on, you're not that mm-hmm. subtle, you're not that subtle at all." Um, Adea said that she is, and this is very heavy to me, uh she's tagging along because she wants Dr. Odine to hopefully remove her sorceress powers. Selfie and Zell come back from scouting the path ahead and say that they have not seen Esthar yet, but the way forward is still due west. The group finds an enormous dried lakebed that is encrusted with salt and the skeletons of large monsters. On the horizon, you can see some flickering distortion, although the party members don't mention it. This is very neat. I thought that it was just like a glitch in the pre-rendered background loop at first, and then as Mm -hmm. you get closer, you realize that it's intentional. Mm But Squall has a line here about the superstition of bad things happening if you say them aloud, and so he's planning to just shut up and push forward. Again,
1: I'm seeing holes in reality, and I'm just (laughs) not going to tell anyone. Not good behavior. It's not good behavior. I
0: I think they legitimately don't see it. Like, I I don't think anyone sees it because you'd normally be like, what's that weird thing over there? Like, JRPGs are usually not subtle (laughs) about stuff like that. And this is, like, pretty far off in the distance at this point. And I think, like, a lot of people probably didn't notice it unless they were, because if they're, like, looking at the characters or looking at the text boxes. But, like, yeah, the flickering Mm. is, like, huh, that's a little weird. Notably, Idea is now a playable character for this section. She, of course, has a very naturally high magic stat, but also she has abnormally high compatibility scores with all of the Guardian forces, you know, for like the 30 seconds you get to use her. Her limit break is Ice Strike, which is the attack she used to impale Squall at the end of disc one. So you get to use that now. That's fun. Part of this doesn't make sense after the thing we learn next episode, but. Well, I guess we can talk about that next episode. This this area is pretty short. It's only a handful of screens with a a couple of branching paths that lead to draw points. Like you get to walk up the spine of like a major like a giant whale looking thing. There's like a meteor draw point in here. That's pretty nice. Most of the monsters you run in this area run into in this area are undead type. So that's a little bit of a hint for the next boss, who will eventually jump up and attack you.
1: And so we've run into Abaddon, a monster that looks like a, well, what if you kitbashed a bunch of monster skeletons together? Just bones on bones on bones. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It also looks like there's a couple areas on its back where oil is spraying out of. It attacks with a bunch of status effects, curse, silence, etc., it's one weird trick is that it will occasionally stand up in a defensive stance and greatly reduce damage taken to set up a counterattack for any physical attacks. This is just straight up a thing that you saw in Chrono Trigger with the skeleton golem on the bridge. When it gets all big, don't mm-hmm. attack the sucker because it's about to hit you with a mm-hmm. counterstrike.
0: It's the same thing with, uh, what was it? Uh, wasn't there one earlier at the beginning of the game where it's like, don't attack when the tail's up or yeah, whatever. Yeah, all of
1: the FFs have or, one of those as a tutorial boss. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think they, we've already seen this, seen that trick mm-hmm. before here. I just think of this because that's another bone golem. And again, mm-hmm. this is still undead, so you can use any kind of cure magic or a phoenix down or whatever else to kill it.
2: Just a minor brief shout out to the death animation here. Um, it oh, first yeah. crumbles into individual bones and then disintegrates. It looks very sick when you kill Abaddon.
0: It's like the one good thing about this fight, honestly. There's yeah. just not much yeah. else to talk
2: about. Uh-huh. Uh,
0: especially if you like, if you have a lot of X potions, you just toss one on. Oh, great. You're dead because I just took out all your health mm-hmm, and it doesn't mm-hmm. miss like a, like a Phoenix Down does.
2: So after the fight, uh, the team looks like they've hit a dead end. However, the flickering effect has become more and more apparent. This area is uh, visually striking. Again, Final Fantasy VIII has just no dungeons whatsoever. This is just like, you know, five screens. But... Uh, They notice that there is a weird hole hanging suspended in the air, pause, uh, with what looks like industrial ladder steps up to it. They climb into the hole and find that there is like an enormous cloaking wall that is just projecting the image of the salt lake. Inside, they find an elevator platform which begins moving. As it does, the cloaking field is penetrated, revealing an absurdly large, high-tech city. Squall who sets Renoa down on the floor is very touchy with anyone who tries to talk to him including Idea. when the elevator stops they prepare for a potential confrontation until the eerie wine fades in and squall uh and whoever else is in your party besides Renoa collapses
0: and uh that's the end of this section of the game uh, <laughs> any closing thoughts any additional thoughts <laughs> i mean like there's there's two major things here. i mean the thing is the whole we we had the, the Great Bridge debate, but also mm-hmm. on top of that, we had like the whole Heinz stuff, like the, the, the revelation coaching. of of like the lore. But uh, otherwise, it's like I mean, it's a lot of plot, not a lot of play. Well, it,
2: what's interesting to me is so yeah, my thoughts on disc three are complicated. I it's my favorite disc, I think of of all of the discs, mm-hmm. uh, just in terms of because we actually like have a direction that we're going now instead of being a bunch of episodic adventures kind of strung along by a larger plot that the game keeps kind of dodging getting into but and again this is going to repeat a lot more next episode there's a lot of stuff that feels like the game goes oh shit right you remember final fantasy 7 right we should we should do that. And so, like mm-hmm. going from just Alba- Galbadia in general to Adea to Ultimisha mirrors a little bit the like progression from Shinra to Sephiroth mm-hmm. to Genova. As yeah. far as, like, you know, pulling back the curtain to reveal what the actual threat is. But this one feels very just like, oh, well, here's here's the final boss name. Or, you know, yeah. like, here's the big bad. Instead of this, like, slow, you know, meticulous reveal. Also, yes, the Squall freakout does parallel the Cloud freakout quite a bit. Absolutely. And then stuff we get into next episode, as in terms of who Doctor Odine is, also parallels a lot of Hojo shit and stuff. So like, there's 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 lesser Final Fantasy VII parallels all over the place mm-hmm. in Disc Three, and extremely graceless plot dumps. And yet I'm mm-hmm. so happy that the game is getting to where it's getting to that. I'm like, hell yes, I'm eating this shit up. Give it, gi- give me, mm. give me my final fantasy eight, please.
0: Yeah. I, I just appreciated at least, you know how there's the, uh, the beam of the final fantasy final boss, right? Like, you know, you have the boss that comes out of nowhere at the last second. Right. And, and it was the, You're- the one controlling everything the whole time. Like, I mean, granted, this was my first Final Fantasy, so I didn't have that expectation or anything, but like it is funny that when they talk about that, they say, well, by the way, they, they showed you the, they told you the final boss at the beginning of Disc 3 here. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, it's just as random. <laughs> it drops in right. just just as randomly, but then they like, obviously, like I mentioned, they backfell shit later. But yeah, at the very least, it's like, oh, okay, all right. And then it, it kind of makes the whole orphanage reveal make a lot more sense because if the end of the story is that then you kill a Dea, then what? <laughs> like, right. That's, that's kind of like the end of the story, and it feels bad. Granted, not that we owed Adea anything as a character at this point, because, like, <laughs> what, what, what did we care? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, she could have just been a bad sorceress, and that would have been it. But I, I'm glad it's a little bit more complicated than that. But yeah, it's a, it's a weird slice of the game. And it was very funny trying to talk about, like, the end of Disc Two of, like, well, is it over? Where do we go from here? The, the question, the, the answer is, well, Estar. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, but uh you know it, it's Esthar and it's not over. It's partially over, and then things like get turned on their heads a bit. Um but it was very funny, the whole you know, mentioning of like, oh, Cloud was comatose in the last game in the series, and now it's rinoa who's comatose in this game of the series. It is a reflection of the same thing, just slightly inverted, like slightly remixed. I, mm-hmm. I hadn't thought of that before. That's that's the, the more that we see those parallels, the funnier that is, especially because both games were probably being produced somewhat with an overlap, right? They couldn't have been completely the same team all over. Maybe it was, but like, you know, given that some, especially some even like art assets like Adea were borrowed from the Final Fantasy VII development. Right. It's funny how so much of that kind of got mixed back into uh, into this one too. It's like, yeah. it reminds me of that time I made... I uh, made bread pudding out of a stale babka, <laughs> you know, because like, it's like the well, babka was already a thing that was good mm-hmm. and delicious. And it's like, well, that's, well, I, I you know, it's dried out. I got to do something with it. Oh, just make it into a bread pudding. Now it's the same, you know, very similar thing, but
2: yeah, good in a different way. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's also how stale challah makes the best French toast. Exactly. You know? same, yeah. Same concept. Same concept.
0: Also very yeah. Jewish. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
1: Okay, so. (laughs) (laughs) This. A, just getting this out quickly while we're discussing other Final Fantasies. The, um, the, oh, the end boss is a last second swerve that came out of nowhere. Kind of mostly a problem in the PS1 era. There's like one Mm -hmm. or two of those prior to this, but overall, they're generally a lot better. FF8 and 9 are the worst about this, and 8 leads it in way more than 9. Mm -hmm. from what we're seeing right now. We're having this discussion. Uh, Next up, every disc of this game feels like it's from an entirely different JRPG. Yeah, (laughs) that's why I like it. (laughs) This feels like one of those Mad Libs games where, oops, three people ran into each other in the elevator and we just picked up all the scripts in different (laughs) orders and we had to just present them to our boss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've already said, I think this has damaged the character of Squall for me quite a bit. I'm not loving this. (sighs) We'll get into what comes next because there's, there's stuff that I'm holding back because I know we're about to discuss it. (laughs) And so let's, let's just hop onto that. But yeah, right now where I'm at is I thought Squall was a Better developed character than this, and this is just hucking him off an emotional cliff. It's mm. it interesting. Does,
0: it does really, really feel. I mean, like Ryan and I have like lived with this story for a while, so I feel like maybe like the whole like where the hell did that come from? Like I, I am finding that his his more like outbursty behavior in this part of the game is like it does feel stronger like i like and more not so much breaking the character but more out of the character that we've known that it did in the past where i was just like oh she, he's upset because his, his girlfriend's you know hurt or whatever and it's like okay is <laughs> not girlfriend obviously yeah
2: they're not even dating it is the no thing. no yeah, no yeah, no but- no
0: but like you know he, he it, it finally dawned on him and but now it's just like wow no he's he is he is lashing out a lot and then it happens a lot. Even that next episode, it's even more blatant. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, but you know, like I said, the, uh the bridge scene works for me, but it, you know, I know it's a, it, the funny thing. It's like, it's a, they, they make it, you know, they try to, they use nice music. They have a nice sunset. They're trying to be like, you know, introspective, but yeah, no, that's, that was not the reaction I was expecting, Sybil. <laughs> very, very interesting.
2: Well, it calls to mind, like, if it were Irvine. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Sure. But okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little wanky here. I'm gonna get a little like meta analysis here, and I realize that I'm cu- I'm reaching. I'm doing a little bit of a work. So apologies in advance, but. I absorbed this game at first when I, when my brain was a lot more plastic and was able to just kind of much more easily go with whatever they were going to throw at me because I was not in the mode of questioning the structure of the story. I was just like nope this is this is what happens next because I was thirteen and mm-hmm. also I think that this game does accurately portray kind of the jumbled, big feelings, sometimes totally incongruous and conf- and baffling mess that teen feelings often are accompanied by. And I am wondering if, like, you know, just the most jumbled teen feelings game is best appreciated when you're in a jumbled teen feelings mode, and if you come to it as a whole ass person, yeah it is gonna feel really fucking jarring and i'm not saying that your analysis symbol is only coming from the fact that you didn't enjoy this game when you were thirteen or what the fuck ever, but it is interesting like a lot a lot of my a lot of my reflection is like oh yeah no i it's Like this, 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 this game is a part of me, and it's really hard to separate the object as an object with from the object that is already in me. I guess.
0: Well, I, I feel like I have the same relationship, and this is this is gonna really like out me as a really type of guy, right? I read Catcher in the Rye in sixth grade on my own. I was ten years old, and at the time, I was like. You know, and it wasn't for school or anything. I just was like, I picked it off the shelf and it was like, I want to read this. And I'm like, I was like, that guy rules actually, because he, uh, like, okay, he's also a dick, but I, you know, the whole like mental breakdown thing at the end totally went over my head. The thing that I got mostly out of it is like, all right, this is a guy who can see the bullshit and will call the bullshit and, you know, can say, Hey, th- this adult is a fucking creeper, right? Like I know he's a creeper. I'm going to stay away from him you know, I, I know better than this, or like, I, I know that people are putting on airs or and whatnot. And I think going back to it now, I would probably, and definitely on like when I had to read it for like high school, cause I had to read it two more times. It was, it became more and more of like, okay, I don't relate to this as much anymore, but I know where it comes from. And I knew where I was, like where I, when I connected to it there. And I think I have the same relationship with Squall here where it's like, looking at it now, I'd be like, dude really <laughs> like what the fuck what the fuck are you doing but at the time i was like no i kind of get that like i kind of get where that where that went and where that impulse comes from or like when you know what those defense mechanisms you know where they come from and why they why people use them like granted at the same time like 50% of the time i'm like yeah but don't do that <laughs> like don't do, don't do that stupid thing <laughs> uh mm-hmm. like even though like I, I i feel you guy but no <laughs> um yeah so like that I think that kind of speaks to the same thing, you, Ryan, you were talking about, where it's like you have to hit it at the right, like certain media, like you hit it at the right time and it just goes, that's me. Uh, or mm. like, that's enough of me that I connect to it. And then when you look at it later, you go, oh God, I hope nobody connects with this at all. Jesus Christ.
2: <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. uh, ca- catcher in the rye, more like catcher type of guy.
1: yo I- oh. <laughs> I'm just going to give a very brief response to uh, Ryan's comments. And A, thank you for referring to me as a whole-ass person starting with a W. I usually don't get that. (laughs) And B, this is the most weeb-centric way I can put this that I think will get across how I feel about this right now to our audience. Imagine... Yoshikage Kira delivering Squall's monologue to a hand. That's where I'm at right now with this guy. Okay.
0: (laughs) Alright. On that note, uh, do y'all have uh, anything to share with the listeners?
1: If you want more of this hot bullshit from me, you can find my website, hellscaper.com, where it has posts about longer media, and links to my co-host and other shows I do where I am like this all the time.
2: <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, if you would like, listen to uh, a Final Fantasy XIV Game Club podcast that's much like this one. It is called Icons and Icons. I do it with uh, Chris Taylor, uh, other Pitch Drop host, and it's for a uh, dollar a month on PitchDrop.cash. I think, though, you should donate uh, more than a dollar a month to our Patreon so you can get other shows. But um, we just hit um, a really, like, good stretch of heaven's word that got into a lot of really interesting discussion. So I think we're in, like, a good spot with that podcast. You should jump on if you like stuff like this.
1: I will suggest it. I can't believe what happened to the potatoes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I need to catch up with that show. I've, I've been catching up recently, and I, I'll I'll get there
2: eventually. I'll finally get to Heaven's Word, <laughs> <laughs> the acclaimed critical expa- the critically acclaimed expansion. Exactly, seven exactly.
1: minutes in Heaven's Word. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, if only it only took that long to play. Uh, so you can listen to Boku no Stop, our anime watch along podcasts. There is a free version where okay. So the free version does have bonus episodes that are for patrons only. We don't tend to mention them in the plugs, but uh, like if you want to hear us talk about, say, Redline or Mull Rats is the next one mm. we're going to record. I'm super mm-hmm. psyched for that. Speaking about uh, pieces of media that I really latched onto as a teenager. Uh- <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> if,
1: if you want to hear some wild discussion, that Mull Rats episode is being prepared.
0: God, I, <laughs> I am very excited for that. I haven't seen that movie in years. I uh, probably barely holds up,
1: but
2: anyway, uh... oh, yeah. I think it like opposite of barely holds up. I think it. I think it is a war crime now. <laughs> it's not his worst, but
1: oh, we're gonna have some landmines. Uh, 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 uh.
0: But yeah, once we're done recording those uh, and we go, the free feed comes back. Uh, we're gonna start Code Geass season one. That's gonna be fun. I know nothing yeah, it about is. it. Still know nothing about it because we're not gonna watch it for another month. But our premium version uh, that is completely 100% for patron backers only, uh, we just finished Death Note and now we're doing uh, the movies. We recorded the second Japanese movie, uh, Death Note 2. And then we're going to do, uh, what, L Change the World next? Yes. And then I yes. think after that, we're probably going to do some other. We're going to keep doing Death Note stuff until it gets tiresome <laughs> or we get bored. It,
2: it- listen if you ever want me to engage in some of my less analytical sicko fan mode that i only <laughs> occasionally deploy on this show and it's usually for final fantasy 8 for some reason uh please do the death note us movie because i yeah. love that movie and so many people think it's garbage
0: i'm i'm very curious to watch it because like i mean honestly like I thought the, the Japanese, the two Japanese movies I've seen were good adaptations, not, not amazing quality of acting or production or direction or anything. But like in terms of adaptation, we're really solid. I'm very curious about what they do with the U.S. version. So, so much. So look forward to that.
1: Ryuk's huge dangling hog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ryuk's abnormally
2: large hog. Ah. <laughs> uh. Danish directors hate him. Local actor. (laughs) With this one weird trick. With this one weird hog.
1: I hate that hog!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, if you like, um, say, media properties that have less hog than average, uh, you can... (laughs) You can read my Yuri manga reviews on <laughs> or you can go check out my blog, uh, Oh, my God. They were um, OMG, bandmates.wordpress.com, where uh, I am doing a deep dive on the... Uh, it's technically not a Yuri. It's technically a shojo series, uh, How Do We have a Relationship? Uh, I'm about to... I'm working on the post for the first volume. I've already published the one about the doujinshis and earlier serializations for Tamifil. So check that out. I'm having a lot of fun and being extremely self-indulgent. But uh, that's all until next time uh, where we'll be going to space.
2: (laughs) See you next time. The one
1: place uncorrupted by sorcerer. Wait, no, no, there's one. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. See ya. (laughs) Why do we have porno parody patrons this
0: week? Uh, shout out to Bigly Big, Teets. <laughs> Bigly Teets has been on the list for a while.
2: So
1: <laughs> Bigly Teets and Adam Studley are the <laughs> heavenly <laughs> cast of a porno parody.
2: Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only way it'd be better if it was if his name was like Studley Hog with two G's.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We just love hogs on this network. I do. <clears throat> Pardon me. Alone, the legendary seed. <laughs> I wonder how much of this I could keep. It.
2: <laughs> Fucking yeah. Uh, I we can't go down to to uh, much of a tangent with the white seed ship. But come on, the white seed <laughs> ship. Come <laughs> the fuck on. We're g- it's
0: going to happen every single time. It's just yeah yeah. <laughs> it's the white seed ship full of semen. I mean, come on. Uh